This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Pop Vouchers, a pop culture podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Jen Lee and I'm joined by Yo Sam Jo. Hello, what's up? Yeah. And together we will <laughs> share our thoughts on everything under the sun and moon that can be considered pop culture. And today we will be talking about K-pop, K-pop which I know you're very excited, Jen. This is your it's pet my topic pet topic in life. Yeah, it's right? my pet topic. In so life. I work in life and I write K-pop reviews for a living. <laughs> yes. So today, what we'll be talking about, we're talking about the history and evolution of K-pop, mm-hmm. right? A uh, little bit about why certain bands like BTS are so popular. Yeah, and, and a little bit on the flip side, the dark side of K-pop. So it's gonna be a ride. Okay, we're gonna take a little deep dive down you the rabbit us hole. On this journey. Let's yeah. Go. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay. So, so why? we talk about K-pop today because we know that BTS was in Singapore recently on January 19th, 19th yes and this week Blackpink will be in town as well yeah they concert. will be coming in town for their concert for their first like large scale concert in Singapore and also today which is Monday the day we're recording this podcast is the day that BTS presented and awarded the Grammys yeah the first K-pop presenters ever at the Grammys yeah they presented for the best R&B album category so obviously all these K-pop bands like, you know, making headlines again. I say again because they've been in our psyche for quite a while now. At least 10 years, I would At say. At least 10 yeah. years, yeah. Mm-hmm. But now they are, it seems like they're bigger than ever. They're here they to stay. They are bigger than ever, yeah. It's really a huge industry. It's worth uh, 5 billion approximately. It's crazy. And I'm sure it's just going to go up even more as we speak. Yeah. So, so I want to know, how did this Korean wave, right? Or they, as you term it, Hallyu. Yes. Is that how you pronounce Hallyu, it? Hallyu, Hallyu. Okay. Yes. How did Hallyu all begin? So it's very interesting. I would say that K-pop is actually it's not my fave fave genre of music I grew up with like Mando Pop so that's generally what I listen to but when I got into K-pop I really felt like wow this is a very well thought out industry and the most interesting thing about K-pop is that you can actually trace everything like everything goes back to Soteji and the Boys alright the first everything goes back the first, to the ancestors of K-pop yeah right? they really are the ancestors the OG of K-pop K-pop band yeah OG OG K-pop so they debuted in like 1992 they went on this like talent show and they sang their song like Nan Arayo and it was like a flop. I think the judges gave them the lowest scores ever on that show. But somehow that song just made it huge. That year it became one of like the chart-topping single in South Korea and it was a huge thing. And that's really how where K-pop truly began, I think. Like mm. the current K-pop as we know it, that's right. where it began. And it's very interesting because it ties in with the political culture at that time in South Korea. So South Korea was actually under a military dictatorship for quite a long time. And it was until like 1988, I think, that Mm -hmm. really the last very dictatorial politician was thrown out of office. So like up till then, you know, the media was very controlled and it was just under an iron fist. So when things started opening up a little bit and Soteji and Boys came in with all this hip hop, and all this rap and it was all really really refreshing for Mm -hmm. the South Korean audience who aren't used to seeing these things on the big screen you know so that really opened it all up. It set the stage for the rest that were to yes. come, right? Yes. So then after then, there was a the first generation. So but- yeah, so we speak a lot about gens. Like, I would consider personally, like, I would consider BTS to be a third gen group. But I know for some Xiaomeimeis out there, you know, it's they are... It's their first gen. Yeah, first it's love. their first gen, oh. you know. It's their first K-pop group. You Everyone know, will always have that band that yeah, they started out that with. That they started out started with. Journey but, with. But to me, they are already considered third gen. When I was younger in secondary school, I think that they were considered second gen. 
So all this like first gen, second gen talk, right? When we talk about like to really contextualize it, I would say first gen are bands like HOT and oh god, I, Zexkies. I cannot pronounce their name. Zexkies. Zexkies. It's yes. A German word apparently. Yes. Okay. SES uh, with Bada, Xinhua. You know, these are really first gen groups. The group that came up in the late 1990s, so like 98, 97, those are first-gen groups. Mm. And you know, they've sort of died down a little bit, although some of them have staged comebacks, like HOT have staged a comeback, Zexkis also staged a comeback, SES staged a comeback. So Everyone com- has staged a comeback. Yeah, everybody you get a comeback, you get a comeback, yeah. everybody gets a comeback. Backstreet Boys, hello, West <laughs> Life. Like, I know, just, Blue. Yeah. Blue. Hello. Oh my God, it's the showing return of the age. bands. Yeah. We're showing our age. Okay, but then, okay, after the first-gen, then it kind of, a, there was a there transition was a, period where yeah. Solo artists came into the There fall, was a right? little bit of a transition period. So after the first gen sort of like died down a little bit and before the start of like really major second gen groups like DBSK or Super Junior, there was Rain and then there was Boa. So Boa is from SM. Uh, Rain, I think at that point was managed by JYP, although he has since like started, he has his own company and everything. JYP being JYP Entertainment, one of the major, rec- major uh, music One of the studios. big three music labels right. in K-pop. I mean, I think people forget how freaking famous Rain and Boa were. Like, right. Because, you know, they haven't... I think their popularity has died down since. You know, they're not at their peak anymore. But at that time... And you have to remember, that was a time before social media was a huge thing. Yeah. So it wasn't like you could just reach out to thousands and millions of fans easily with like Instagram and Twitter, Twitter and just and engage a bunch of people. It wasn't so easy. Streaming wasn't a thing yet. People had to really want to follow them yeah. in order to follow their idols. Right? Yeah, you so had to like were... buy things to right. follow them. It right. wasn't just like go on the internet and yeah. everything was there. Exactly. So it's really, really big. Like Boa was one of the first non-Japanese artists. I think she was the first Korean artist to chart, to debut at the top of the Oricon charts, which is the Japanese, Japanese music charts. Yeah. And the Japanese music market is very insular and they really support their local artists. So for Boa to do that, she really broke through uh, in that sense. And then a lot of groups afterwards followed. A lot of K-pop groups now have Japanese releases and everything. Mm. And Rain, guys, like, do you remember <laughs> Full House? Full House with Song Hye Kyo? <laughs> Where he was Jen like, is, by the way, if you guys can see Jen's face right now, she's just like lit up and she's yeah. like, you know, flipping her hair back. She's yeah, like, do you oh my remember God, reminiscing. Full House? Because Full House was such a, my, I remember being in primary school and Full House being a huge thing. And it was just like, Rain was this, Rain was supposed to be a superstar in the show. And then Song Hikyo was this woman who like moved into his house or something. And then they had a romance because they cohabited. It's one of the classic K-drama tropes now. So anyway, yes, back to anyway, the topic. I'm sorry. Yes. Anyway, after that, then it came the really big, big wave. That's when K-pop really, really started to make its rounds globally. And you have DBSK. DBSK, by the way, is a really sad group because they kind of like separated and bifurcated into two. I know, it's, I know. It's very yeah. sad into JYJ. But a lot then, of them also kind of disbanded when, yeah, way before them, their time, I feel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then you have like 21, Big Bang, Super Junior. Those Girls are Generation. Girls Generation. Those are very classic second gen groups. Those are your. Sorry, sorry, your G, 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 baby, baby. Those are all those songs, your right, earworm right. songs. Those That was the era. And oh my God, can I just give a shout out to Mirotic? Because Ooh. Mirotic by DBSK was an anthem in my school when I was in secondary school. It was an anthem. Everybody played it. And it was super like, it was like mildly sinful because when at our age, it was a very sexy MV. So everybody was like, what? Tell us, Jen, what did you enjoy about that particular MV? It was just the abs. The abs? <laughs> <laughs> just the abs. The abs. 
the the unstoppable apps. apps. Apps is like everywhere now. Actually, I feel like the K-pop artists are starting to like cover out a little bit more. Like back in that era, they were right, very willing right. to show. Yeah, skin. Rain was all about taking yeah, his top off. Yeah, Rain right? was all about taking his top off. Suit so jackets without shirts. That was a thing. Then again, I think it depends on whether on who hot, you la. are. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, like even you look at Big Bang, right? It's really only Taeyang that takes his shirt off all the time. Right? Taeyang takes his shirt off all the all time. The time yeah. It's it's incredible. It's, it's like incredible. why are you not cloth? Yeah. You're not complaining though, Janet. I'm not. Right? Complaining. Yeah. I'm not Let's complaining. Let's not pretend for yeah. a second. Let's not pretend. I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now after that, after second gen, who do we have? Then we have like third gen, and you got like BTS, GOT7, Twice, Red Velvet, Pentagon. I think they're all considered 17, 101. These are all like very new groups, and I will consider them third gen. Like, although some people argue that bands like EXO or BTS that came out a little bit earlier, right after I think 2013, 2014, those they would consider them like late second gen. But for me, I would already consider them third gen. Right. Yeah. But it's, is it up for, up to you to consider them which generation they belong to? Or it's kind of like, kind of I amorphous, think it's, it's it? quite, yeah. It's, it's not very like clear cut. But I think at the very least, the second gen groups, those are quite clear cut. The third gen groups a little bit iffier because you're not very sure about the timeline in that sense. And, also... And like we said, like, you know, it really depends on when you as a fan, yes. when K-pop came into your consciousness. So for yeah. me, my first gen was like, you know, your Wonder Big Girls. Bang and Wonder Girls, exactly. Oh my god, Wonder Girls. Wonder Girls. And I tell you, oh my god, Wonder Girls was like, I mean, to me, they're like a one-hit wonder because I only know that one song by them, you know? Nobody. I want nobody, nobody but you. I want nobody, nobody but you. Nobody, 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 nobody. One, two, three, four, Are you seriously? Five, six, yeah. Are you seriously going I, on? Seriously going on. I mean, you put a mic in front of me and you give you me a song. You start singing Wonder Girls. I'll sing it. But okay. I tell you something about that song. That song was so big. I think it was 2009. And I remember mm. for our scholarship ceremony, a bunch of us were award recipients and we had we were kind of like made to put up an, a performance. And that was the biggest <laughs> song then. And so we kind of like did a little dance. Did uh, you I dance the video, nobody? I did. I danced nobody. And I was on crutches. So I actually had to use... You know how they had a dance move where they would... We did like... There's a little Turn, twerk, yeah, yeah, there's a little would, spin. It was yeah. spin from side to side, so I mm-hmm. had to sit on the swivel chair and spin. And I got my little nobody moment in. I got my Wonder oh. Girl moment in. Is that a confession? <laughs> that was then. I mean, then. I would actually cringe right now and puke a little, I think, if I saw the video. Lah. Yeah, <laughs> so I hope it never surfaces. Yeah, yeah. let's not. I don't want to see you do that, I mean, actually. That, yeah, I know, I know. Right. And you also have your own experience with No, did you Girls. just expose me? I did. I want to okay. expose you. I can't be the only one like bearing my soul here. Hello. Okay, yes. I have a Wonder Girls confession In secondary 4 We had this camp Called Grace's camp Where we went to learn And be ladies Like we learned how to You know Use cutlery like Or something like that And we had like A little runway show At the end of it mm-hmm. And then we had to walk out And I did a little Tell me post there Tell me is like A song by Wonder Girls So I had to do the like Tell me Tell me I do not want to ever see that I think I was dressed in the worst thing It was like hand me down from my sister or something <laughs> Let's not talk about thing? it yeah, Your sister's pretty stylish, no? Yeah, yeah, let's not talk about okay, it let's, 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 let's let bygones be bygones <laughs> Like what happens at Grace's camp Stays at Grace's camp You're so thankful last time no Insta story, I tell you <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh my god Can you yes. imagine? We'll just yes. be like there for eternity yeah. Let's go back, let's go back to the okay, topic Okay, so, so what are we talking about? Group, well, talking you know, about third gen 
Japan. Yeah, and everything. It's like BTS, Got Seven. So yeah. here's what? the thing about BTS. Like, I want to know. So I guess we, we should move on, right? Like mm-hmm. BTS in particular. So we've talked about all these groups from first to second yes. to third generation. But BTS seems to be the biggest yes. ever, right? Ever. And what is it about them? Okay, let's give you guys an idea. But you, of their you had popularity. a you. We did a video together actually. So we did a video on right. Sam Joe's channel called Stir, which is S T I R R. You can go follow that on Facebook. They're on Facebook on and YouTube. on YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. So we did a video on how well do BTS fans know BTS. Right. So it was a day of the BTS concert, and um, we actually yeah. like stalked some fans outside of yeah. the national stadium, and yeah. we asked them a lot of uh, pretty tricky questions. I would say trivia yeah. questions. We had some that band. we had to cut out because for time purposes, but a lot of them actually knew a lot of the answers too. A lot, and some yeah. of them were really tricky. They would know. Oh, I, this is my favorite. Like you know when you cover all their faces and you had to identify yeah, each of the seven members by hair alone. They that, were like, sure, why not? Yeah, and they did it so effortlessly. It was crazy. Yeah. It was just yeah. crazy. And they knew every little thing like in April 2017, like... Who v- did V who go did- to Jeju Island with? Yes, yeah. exactly. And Pak it was Pak Gum. Yeah. BT Dubs. And yeah, it was great. And I was really, really impressed. I mean, I'm not that familiar with BTS. Mm-hmm. I just know that they are this super popular band and they have a whole army behind them. That's yeah. the name of their fan club, right? And talk about their popularity. They have the Guinness. They hold the Guinness record for the most Twitter engagements. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about an average of 330,000 retweets, replies, likes per Superstars on Twitter, yeah. Right, they've sold out concerts globally. They've performed at the American Music Awards mm-hmm. and they just presented the Grammy Awards like we've mentioned. They've appeared on Kimmel. Ellen, um, Graham Norton. Yeah, everything. All, all the, the talk shows, shows you can imagine. And domestically, even back home, they're super popular. They've won like how many day songs? 17 or so, yeah. I think, it's around there. Major yeah. South Korean major, music Major, major award. awards. Yeah, right. so... So when why? I, why are they so popular? Yeah, it's a huge thing. Like, I had to... I did an, uh, a story on BTS fans in live. Uh, you can go check that out. <laughs> <laughs> We're just plugging yeah, our... Yeah, just plugging our own here. stuff. But yeah. it's true. It's true. Yes. It just really shows you how popular they are. Yeah, it's like BTS fans... Like, I did a story on the BTS army, like, gearing up before the concert. And there were... I, I like, met so many fans who were so passionate about them that... Like, one of these girls that I actually know, she actually has, like, her favourite member's birthday and the group's debut date in her phone number. Like, she managed to get it. Like, I don't know, at a Singtel or Starhub or something, one of those, they gave it to her. And I was like, wow, you really... Yeah, she was like, yeah, I looked for a number and I got it. And I was so happy. Yeah, because it means like the world to her, right? To have a bit of of her idol in her life, in her phone. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, she actually started this dance crew and like 15 or so of them get together and dance every week to BTS songs. And I thought that was like a very healthy way of like expressing your love love for an idol group. But an entire hobby built around this one group. Yes, they are are huge. We're not talking just K-pop dance Mm, in general. It's It's BTS and, their and they are huge and I think BTS is like a, a really great study in how to promote a group because they're very very social media savvy so they, they are a group made of millennials and they know mm. how to communicate with millennials they know how to communicate with fans on Twitter they have a specific Twitter that they tweet from and they like give you like a little bit of insights into their life and it's also really interesting. I mean they have things like Run BTS, which is on V Live. So you can just watch that like this variety program that they make on V Live and it has English subtitles. So it's very global. Right. They even do things like they drop songs out of nowhere. Like they just drop it on SoundCloud and it's free and you can listen to it and it's not included in the album. So like Dang, which is a rap diss track that the three rappers of BTS produced and sang, was just dropped on SoundCloud. 
SoundCloud for their fifth anniversary. So it's all this like little Easter eggs. Like if you're their fan, yes. you can get a lot of stuff off yeah. their just off the internet and it's so easy to find them. And then it's also like I mean personally, one of the big draws for me for BTS is just superb dance choreography. It's right. very creative dance choreography. You see in like DNA, they only had this helix, helix move. Dance, dance move. Yeah. Um, and this is... Yes. And this That's is like... the one like, song I know. Yeah, this is one song you know. But yeah, I like for me, I really like like Not Today, you know. Danger, well, all-time favourite. Danger, uh, Bipse. These are all songs that I really like and I actually really like their choreography as well. I think it adds to a visual element and that right. ties into the whole of K-pop. K-pop yes. is very, very visual and they understand that everything you need to make good entertainment, good songs, good-looking guys, yes. good-looking women. Who, who are called visuals of the group. They're referred to as visuals if you are the good-looking one. And then amazing dance choreography and very, very high production values in their MVs. These are all things that they gather together and they make it. So, Which is why I think they make it so big. Yeah, you can and then, see the visual experience is in their DNA. Yeah, it's in their <laughs> DNA. Yes. And it's so well-conceptualized. BTS in particular is a group that's extremely well conceptualized. Recently, they had this thing, basically the BTS universe, where they release a webtoon and it basically solidified all these speculations that the BTS MVs are connected in the universe <gasps> and they are playing they characters. Are? are you serious? Yes. I know. I haven't, I haven't dug into that yet because it seems like a big rabbit hole yeah. to tumble into. I haven't had time right, to tumble, right. does, tumble But does down. it hold water? You know, you're not sure. We have to go what? in. We have to go and verify. Does, does this, is it a theory or is it like No, a, no. It's a, it's a thing. It's a thing. They are characters. Like no They are way. playing a storyline. So can you imagine how much fodder that is for fans? For fans. They're keeping their fans busy. Yeah, they're keeping their yeah. fans super Every busy. Every waking moment. Every waking moment. You have to be devoted to them. And so yes. Because you can find out something new or you can find out that, oh my god, he got a tattoo mm-hmm. or is the tattoo real or fake? We don't really know. Yeah, everything. Right? That's everything. who's Jimin's tattoo, right? Jimin's tattoo. Yeah. Isn't that a thing? I, I gotta check that so, out. I have as no of idea. now, fans are still wondering if it's real. If he has a tattoo, exactly, right? Exactly, which is crazy. Yeah. And there are a lot of articles written about it. Speaking of tattoos and everything and being visual, and, the and fashion. Yes, the fashion. It's all about the fashion, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. there are such trendsetters. Like, you look at the proliferation of all these Korean hair studios that popped up in yes. Singapore you wonder why I think it has to do with K-pop because mm-hmm. you know you have all these guys the suddenly dyes. perming their hair yes, the and colors. Like, dyeing their hair and I actually and, you know wearing maybe not wearing eyeliner <laughs> but they do have uh, Korean guys uh, in the dangly K-bombs. earrings yes yeah, Korean, everything the accessorizing K-bombs. Korean guys in, in, in boy bands are not afraid to be a little bit androgynous and yeah. experimental you know with their look right? GD in particular GD. I would say Taemin yeah those are very very trends out there and would you like to share your story? Yes, I do. (laughs) No, so actually I was telling Jen that hey, you know what? I think I should get a little bit of a perm. I want to get like one of those bowl cuts and dye my hair maybe like pastel He was telling me so that I can look like BTS. Yeah, Sam Joe was telling me he wanted to look like BTS and I had to talk him out of it. I'm like, I also can what? No, I was like, no, Sam Joe, don't do it. Which by the way, can I just say it here once and for all (laughs) that I don't believe like no, go ahead and dye your hair whatever colour you want. Like you do you, you know, do whatever you want. But do not assume that doing, like, dyeing your hair and everything will make you have the aura of a K-pop star. Why not? Why? No, because... A boy can dream. A K-pop star is a K-pop star because of the entire package. Because they are singing songs. BTS is BTS because they are BTS together. And then they have all this 
these songs and all this amazing choreography. They have the costumes and they have the light shining on them and then like they're dancing on this great choreography and fans are screaming, that's BTS. If you have a BTS hairstyle, <laughs> you're just going to be a Topayo journalist who lives like in Bishan. You're going to be like eating fish soup. Amazing fish soup in Topayo. But you're going to be like eating fish soup with like dyed red hair yeah, or something. And them with, eyeliner dripping yeah, to the soup. Yeah, with dangly earrings and your foundation coming off. <laughs> no, like you just look like a discount bang. Like... <laughs> Yes, I'm sorry. A discount bang, okay? So much faith you have in me. What if I form my own group? Okay, Are look, you suggesting I should form my own group? Okay, Samjo is my Samjo is my friend. So I'm going to say you will end up looking like a chio bang. Okay, Okay, a you. chio bang. Which is not bad. But, like, not bad, not bad, bad but most people will end up looking like a discount bang. True, like, don't true. do it. Like, true. don't do not do it because you think you will end up like having the aura of a K-pop star. You wouldn't because you are not a K-pop star. Very well. Very well. I'll just stick to doing this podcast and like my yes, videos and I stuff. Don't like do it. Like, Sam Joe, don't do it. Like, okay. I honestly, like, everyone out there, if you want to dye your hair, go ahead. If you want to, like, emulate the look, go ahead. But don't do it with the idea that it will it will give you the aura of a K-pop star because a K-pop star is not just looks. And okay, you need substance. Well, anyway, yes. at this point, I would just like to remind everyone, if you're enjoying this episode of Pop Vultures, do find us on the Straits Times Podcast channel. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Like and rate us. Alright, back to our show. Let's yes. continue with K-pop. Yeah. So we're talking, Where were we? Uh? We're we were talking, on You're talking about me being a discount bang. So rude. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. No, Chio, Chio Bang. And then Chio Bang. La, and then she bang. just okay. so, regretted no, it. Anyway, yes, we're just talking about K-pop stars being trendsetters and being really, you know, experimental in their style and everything. And I think that applies not just to their looks, but to their music as well. There's been a lot of different kind of music coming out in K-pop recently. Samjo, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the American influence and the hip-hop influence in yeah, K-pop? Yeah, and that was the thing I was, I've been meaning to say is that K-pop is seen as this like, oh, fresh new Hallyu wave and everything. But mm-hmm. the fact is, you go back to Show TG and Boys again, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's they were borrowing very heavily from American hip-hop music, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And they just infused it with like Korean rap and Korean lyrics and therefore it seemed different. But they were actually taking a very familiar sound and revolutionizing it by making it Korean, you know? Yes, so in a yes. sense... I think part of the reason why they're so popular, not just domestically, but also globally, is mm-hmm. that borrowed a lot of hip-hop culture, which is so familiar to our mm-hmm. ears, right? Yes. So you think about Korean lyrics, but with synth beats, right? You think, you hear the beat of a song, like if you just isolate and take away all the lyrics and everything, you don't look at the MVs, you don't look at the dyed mm-hmm. hair and everything. You hear a bit of Janet Jackson, you hear a bit of Van DMC, yeah. you hear... Bobby Brown, my prerogative, you know? You hear a bit of that, even like even early the, Michael Jackson, yeah, if I, even I the, venture to say. Even the fashion then, it was all the baggy pants, you know? Every one of those, those are all right. very American. With, yeah. the, with the cap to the back and everything, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. your TLC the big and jerseys. overalls, yeah. right? The yeah. colourful shirts, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of it definitely came from K-pop culture. And if you listen to BTS songs as well, you know, I was reading a New Yorker article and they talked about how their songs really adhere to this new Jack Swing style, which really infuses late 80s R&B vocals and dance pop beats so it's a sound that seems fresh to us but it definitely mm-hmm. falls in line with like you know this tradition of, of R&B and, and hip hop culture mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so very fittingly so they actually presented the best R&B album at the Grammys this yeah. year so, you know. and they have a lot of international collaborations as well uh, it's getting more globalised so BTS had tie-ups with Steve Aoki for Mic Drop they had uh, Wasted On Me earlier this uh, last year and then they had Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj Idol, Idol yes rap and then Dua Lipa tied up with Blackpink Black for Say okay. Blackpink like that. You must okay. Blackpink. I can't. I can't do they, it. They shout their name like they're Blackpink. Kind of, they're kind of like a da- Jason Derulo. Like I cannot. You know, they I can't have do to it. Say their name. Every I don't time. have that. I don't have that energy. Okay, okay I'm old. 
Blackpink and do 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 Alipa do. Do you get it? Yeah. Okay, okay I yeah. can't. No. Okay. Anyway. So then Blackpink is also going to be at Coachella. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. Coachella is a huge, huge place to play. So it's really very exciting. I've never seen. I mean, I've been to Coachella before, and I've never seen a Korean band yeah. play there. Much lesser. Okay lah, but you're at Coachella a lot longer ago lah. So. That is true. Stop revealing my age <laughs> to everyone, Chan. You're the same age as GD. I am. I am. Okay. Yeah. Let's let people figure that out. Okay. Yeah. So, so the international collaborations and even in the Latin market, right? Yes, they are me? actually huge in the Latin market. So I would say some groups, like for example, Super Junior has a very, very solid fan base there. You know, it's been 13, 14 years since their debut, but they still have a really strong base in Latin America and they play into that. Like I think they do know that they have a fan base there. So they tied up with Rake. I think R-E-I-K so that's a Mexican band with the song Ultra Vest and then they had Lo Siento their last comeback with Leslie Grace who is a Dominican-American artist and she sings in Spanish as well and then there's Card K-A-R-D which is a third-gen group that has a lot of like Latin-inspired music SF9 had also Mule and then BTS's Airplane Part 2 which is a sequel to J-Hope's personal song personal single Airplane was actually co-written by Havana songwriter Ali Tamposi, I'm hoping I'm saying that Havana right. Havana is in Camilla Cabello. Yeah. Havana, Camilla wow. Cabello, Havana. No yeah. Connecting all the dots here in the music industry. Yeah, so it's all it's very interesting because when you look at groups like BTS and the later groups, you know, that are coming up, you know, they're getting a more and more solid fan base in America and it's not just like flukes, you know. I mean nobody yeah. sized Gangnam style, which has like three point two billion views or something. On YouTube. Yeah. Yes. Those were those were huge in America, but they were, you know, they Somewhat were like one hit wonders yeah, to was some extent well, yeah one hit wonders at least to the American market right yeah it was yeah. and it was taken as a little bit of a joke you know like oh Sai is this funny guy doing this dance the like, horse dance yeah the horse exactly. dance but his actually his lyrics you know is actually a satire on you know the rich the ultra rich in the Gangnam district so you know all of that the nuance fell through and then with like Big Bang you know Fantastic Baby and everything you know that had a little bit of an audience in America as well but because I think Big Bang's like I know you love it but Big Bang was very experimental visually yes yes you know, GD had this long hair flowing down to the floor oh, and I it was him. all it was all very experimental. And I think that can be a bit controversial much. and a bit much for the conservative America, I think. Right, yeah. right, that's true. Mm-hmm. Also to anyone conservative Asia or anyone around yeah. the world, like that can extent. be a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. They, but they do push boundaries and that's why they're such trendsetters. Like, yeah. you know, and I think whether or not they stay, I mean only time will tell, right? Yeah. Time is but the only I deciding factor. And you can also, see for BTS in BTS's case, like you know, people and people are rushing to collaborate with them from the international market and I think that the tables really have turned because suddenly people are courting these Asian superstars like you know to come on their talk shows and to like get into studio with them it's It's great I mean it's great that there's all this Asian representation but I think it's also important to remember that there is a dark side to all of this right that it's not always like peachy and cheery and the days the amount of training it takes the regime the the contracts how tiring it all is that's, that's a real factor like Groups yeah. that you look at now that are huge, like you look at Big Bang, that really it was one of the most famous second gen groups. You know, GD talked about how in the past he had to starve because in the past he and you know he and the other group members, their manager forgot to buy them food. That was when they were still trainees. Oh no! And they had to starve. Like they just went without food. They broke into their manager's room because they were so hungry <gasps> to see whether there was food, and there was, and they couldn't take any of it because they knew that if they took, the manager would find out that they took the food and they would get scolded. Why so they, they had to starve. Were they like because they had to lose like they, they were no they had to live with the manager la, and then they don't really have a big stipend 
So they mostly eat food that the company gives them. But the manager was very busy and he just forgot to buy them food for like a few days. Can you imagine? Like that's straight up like mildly child abuse, right? Right, right. Like a that's teenage not abuse, okay, yeah. yeah. You're then, basically like a, I mean to put it in a not so nice manner, but you're like a little pet and you're kept in there. Yes. And you're waiting for someone to feed you, right? And the slave contracts, just this idea that you are tied to one company for so long, like that's scary. The idea that you can't break the contract. If you break the contract, there's a huge fee involved and the contracts can last for what, 10 years? Yeah, and they have so much control, I, from what I understand. So in these, in the, in these yes. contracts, like you know, how you must look, mm. whether or not you can date, and chances are you can't without their approval, mm-hmm. right? You know, you can't go public with your relationship if you yeah. have one. How often do you get to? Do you have to rehearse, or do yeah. you have free time your off? Free time, yeah. yeah. And even abuse. Like recently, there was this a uh, group called East Light. Mm-hmm. They're not a big group at all, and I think their members are like teenagers, 15, 18, around there. So young. Yeah, and they were ver- like verbally and physically abused by their producer, <gasps> who beat them with like a baseball bat and everything. You're so, kidding. Yeah, so they came out and they actually told the media that this happened and I think they're planning to take some legal action I all the best to them man because that's horrific like you shouldn't be treated like that whether or not whatever job you choose to go into that's not a way that you should treat people and it's not even just the companies even after you get big there are anti-fans mm-hmm. who hate you for whatever reasons like they spend time and devote time and energy to hating to tear groups. you down yes and the most famous example of this truly horrific you know from DBSK was poison. <gasps> An anti-fan gave him a drink laced with adhesive. That's crazy. And he drank it and he had to be sent to the hospital. He had like fainted and everything because that's poisonous. Like, what do you mean by adhesive? Like glue? Yeah, I think it's glue. I think it was oh, super glue. Man. Yeah. He drank it and I think it closed up his airways or something or it really like, mm. you know, messed with his body and he had to go to the hospital. Luckily, he's fine. And everything turned out to be, he's still healthy. He's very active in the K-pop industry. So that's good, good for, for him. him. Yeah, but, but it could have turned out like just the opposite yeah you know and that's the problem I feel when you when people start viewing you as you know you're such a huge idol but people start turning you into this money making machine and they scrutinize your every move yeah and then on the fans point of view you are are an object right you know you're an idolized but you become this you become untouchable yeah you become a phenomenon you know it's difficult and people don't really see you as a fellow human I mean you wouldn't give poison to a fellow human just on a day to day basis I think they don't see them yeah I think some fans that really take it too far they don't see them as just fellow human beings like you and I and I wouldn't call these people fans you know I would just call them anties or haters because right, right. it's very scary to think about the fact that you can hate someone that you don't even know so much that you poison them yeah or that you can like someone quotation marks like someone so much that you break into their rooms and stalk them and wake them out in the middle of the night that's not okay and I think there's so much pressure involved in the K-pop industry there have been suicides um, very tragically I think Chinese Kim Jong-hyun yeah yeah Kim Jong-hyun died I think late 2017 that was very very tragic and was very sad and it was well while I wouldn't blame the K-pop industry for his death because I think you know there were a lot of things behind the scenes that we might not have known about he had depression you know he had mental health issues and that's a stigma in South Korea that the stigma with seeking treatment and everything and I'm glad that at the very least I think after his death people have been talking a lot more about looking at this actually treating mental health straight up you know looking at it not with stigma or anything and looking at it as a condition that needs help that is serious that you should not feel ashamed for you know and I I mean it's very tragic It's very tragic what happened to him. And yeah, but let's hope that no more follow in. in yeah, in, let's in hope that, that you know, yeah. everyone in and out of K-pop, in the entertainment industry and out of the entertainment industry can feel 
okay being themselves, can feel okay seeking help, and can just be human. And I think that's very important. Yeah, yeah. that's very very important. Pros and cons to every industry, every job that we take on, I yeah. guess. Like you know, and for some people will thrive and survive, and others hopefully fewer than more. You know, um, will drop off the radar. Will drop off the radar. Yeah. And, and even if yeah. you drop off the radar, I hope they still find success elsewhere and find happiness happiness elsewhere, la. Mm. And but again, you know, pros and cons, as you said. But regardless of what you think of K-pop, you know, regardless of whether you think it's a dark CD industry that's manipulative, or whether you love it and you love the entertainment value and you love the production values, regardless of what you think. That I think there is no denying that K-pop artists are extremely hardworking people and super talented and very very yeah. talented. In fact, they're beyond talented. They are. They are. They're very talented. A lot of them can sing very well. A lot of them can dance very well. A lot of them can even act and they mm. can like conceptualize things yeah. at a very or high they, level. Or they write their own music or produce, yeah. like, you know, like G Dragon. I think that's not what a lot of people are aware of, right? That you know, a lot of them write their own music. BTS yeah. writes their own music. Yes, yeah, exactly. and they put a lot of thought into mm-hmm. the conceptualizing. Winner, Icon, they all write their own music. Yes. So that's yeah. I think they put in a lot of effort. and They're very very hardworking. And even if you don't like it, you don't like the music, you don't like the industry, you cannot deny that it's a huge phenomenon. And it's Asian representation, you yes. know, in Hollywood. It's Asian representation on a lot of different levels. So Yeah, and that's, for me, it's a, it's always a good thing. It's always a win. It's always yeah, a win. Yeah, it's always a yeah. win. Yeah, and I'm going to listen to more K-pop, obviously. I need mm-hmm. to brush up. I mean, half of the bands you mentioned, I don't even know. But, yeah. But it's I a can whole... introduce you some. Please do. I mean, I'm very yeah. well acquainted with Big Bang, but, you know. Oh, Big Bang. Oh, my yeah, love. Just, my kings. It's just a tip Big of the Bang, ice, my kings. Yes. Shout out. Shout yeah, out to I GD. Know, oh, I know they're in, like, army right now, but my kings are gonna stage a comeback okay <laughs> they will be huge and I love them okay, and why is Seungri yeah. not enough for you they have to be five together yeah, it has la. to be OT5 la. it it's has true, to be OT5 it's true, it's true. Yeah. so I'm really looking forward to that recent K-pop songs that I've been listening to you know I like EXO's Love Shot that was good BTS I went to their concert and I really really like all of their songs you know it really reminded me of how much I like Bipse which I loved uh, it's a rap track Tear which I love I love the rappers la. you know the, the rap tracks are great all uh, the rappers are your bias la. No, I wouldn't call them my bias. I don't really have this whole bias thing going on. Like, I don't just stand one member of the, any group. But no, why not? Well, it's just the thing that I do. Like, Nonsense I, la, Big Bang, your favourite is GD. Or my, yeah, that, that one is, I admit, okay, I have a bias. But um, <laughs> BTS, if I had to pick, it's J-Hope. Because I really like his style of rap. Right. But aside from that, you know, I think as a group in general, BTS does produce pretty great music. Went back to listen to their earlier albums. Danger, God, that was great. Butterfly, you know, all of that. Oh, that's great. So, really like all of those music. Another one, I think people should check out if they haven't. K-Indie, Hugo. Hugo is great. Go listen to Mare. God, it's just, Hugo is great. Just go and listen to Hugo. Right. And of course, Tableau, my love. Yes. Okay. You just got to start somewhere. As you got to start somewhere. As a K-pop like, novice like me, you know, I you had start to start somewhere. somewhere. It seems very overwhelming, but you listen to one song, you may not like it, listen to another song, listen to different artists. There are so many genres You now. will find something you will that find you love. Something that I mean, you it's like. a 5.5 billion music industry, okay? Yeah. There will be something you love, trust Try me. Try it out, guys. Try it out. <laughs> so, alright, that's your dose of pop culture this week. I hope we... Gave you a large enough dose of pop culture to satisfy your needs. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> You're yes, looking I'm, at me weirdly. I'm not. I'm not. Okay, Just the way I, you said satisfy your needs. I hope Ooh. I hope that was a deep enough dive into K-pop for K-pop novices and K-pop enthusiasts alike. So if you have any ideas on what we should talk about, you know, leave us a comment or write into podcast at sph.com.sg. That's 
podcast at sph.com.sg. Alright, until next time. Kamsamita. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.